0: Welcome to episode twenty-six of From the Shed End podcast with myself T Dot, and as always, I'm joined by Theo. So, how are you doing, Theo?
1: Good. Could be better after weekend, but otherwise, <laughs> then, uh, I'm pretty good. Thanks.
0: Yeah, it was um, it was a tough one to take. Um, yeah, we'll get into it straight away. Disappointing game. Um, you was there, I believe. Did you go? Mm. You went to the game, didn't you? So yeah, yeah. I think it was it's a tough one to take, but um, let's just get into it we we predicted 2-1 we were completely wrong um we gave our, our our team maybe a bit more um what's the word i'm looking for maybe we, we we were very ambitious we forgot how good city are but what was your thoughts on the game in terms of the squad and the lineup and and just the first half really
1: it was just very poor overall um usually even when i see the lineup no matter who's in that starting 11 i'm still pretty confident that we'll manage to snatch a result but from minute one, even up to the 90th minute, I thought it was quite, probably the poorest I've ever seen Chelsea this season. Um, maybe the, the one moment that the game started to maybe look like we could maybe salvage a point from the game was when Lottes G came on. But otherwise, it was just a, a poor 90 minutes, I felt. And obviously losing Rhys James to injury early on didn't help. And um, often this season, we saw it in our, the first half of the Zenit game, even uh, the first half of the you know, moments throughout our Villa game. And, um, even the first half of the Spurs game, we were poor. We were poor in those, in those first halves. But that's why I kind of thought, you know, maybe there's still a way, you know, that will bounce back in the second half. But it wasn't, you know, we let City score early on in that second half. And then it could have easily been more if it wasn't for maybe Christensen, Silver, and Mendy. So I thought, my um, credit to City, I thought they, they were the better team on the day. There's no doubt about it. So I think you've got to kind of respect your opponent at times and put your hands up and say that they were better than us. But um it's just a bit disappointing from Chelsea, um, especially how we, you know, given our record against Man City under Tuchel. And then again, line lineup, I felt maybe Tuchel might have gone the lineup up slightly wrong. I'll praise Tuchel when his praise to be given, but maybe he got his tactics a bit wrong on on Saturday. Um, I know Mount was injured, but I didn't maybe it wasn't quite right to play Kante, Jorginho, and Kovacic, the three of them together. i have maybe even played a lot of cheek from the start, but maybe he's still kind of. Trying to get um, two course trust, but potentially as yet, I know Pulisic isn't fit, but um, you know Havertz is another possibility. But I felt like the three three midfielders it just it allowed kind of City to to boss the midfield. I mean, you know, just play their football, and we were just struggling to win those second balls. It was it was poor to watch, and I mean, this, the kind of statistic that sums up the game is not a single shot on target registered for Chelsea, which is embarrassing in my opinion. You know, you're playing. You're the champions of Europe playing at home and you can't register a single shot on target. But yeah, that kind of just sums up the, the mood and it makes me hate 1230 kickoffs even more
0: on a Saturday. Yeah, I don't know if I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or if I said it offline to you, but I did say that half twelve kickoffs are the worst thing you can potentially do to me anyway, because it just it does ruin you. you know, it's ruined the weekend, albeit I still watch football, but you just don't have that same sort of um, you know, belief or enthusiasm to watch it so it was difficult and I agree with a lot of the points you just made I, I, for me personally I don't know if necessarily playing the two up front would have been wise looking back on it against City I think it just didn't work we were trying to play out from the back it didn't work in the first half we still tried to do it in the second half and I get that you know Tuka wants his team to play out from the back he wants us to you know to to, to work the ball through, through the you know, the different channels in on the pitch, which is great. But when you've got a team like City who are constantly pressing you from the very moment the game kicks off and the, the amount of times Mendy passes it to one of the centre-backs, the centre-backs tries to get it to Jorginho. And then before you know it, City are already, you know, Kevin De Bruyne's on top of someone. Grealish was on top of someone. It was just, it was relentless from City. And like I said before, I, I kind of feel like we were expecting the Champions League final repeat again of City kind of being on the back foot. 2 call overthinking things as well. And I, I look at, I just look at the two up front. I just don't understand why when you've got two strikers, one of them being Werner, who is brilliant. We've we've spoke about it on the last episode, how well he is, a, a, you know, playing off that last defender, splitting the defence. You've got someone who's strong, powerful, who can hold the ball up in Lukaku as well. Why not just lob the ball straight up to the other end of the pitch and, and give them a chance? There was, a, I think there was a chance in the first um, the first half where we, we were on the counter you know Lukaku holds the ball and passes it to Vernon and then you know we we almost I think nearly had a shot on target which like you mentioned I think that's the first time since 2003 that we haven't had a shot on target at home so it just goes to show how embarrassing that is but I wanted to talk um, about the two up front what was your thoughts on, on that when you got to see it from Tuchel?
1: Um, I, I was quite excited at first I think we mentioned in the previous episode that we want to see Lukaku and Werner play together, and they kind of their different skills almost complement each other. But um, on on Saturday, I just felt um, all the football was played in our half the pitch, which meant that I was looking at Werner and, and Lukaku. They were just staying around the centre circle of the pitch and were isolated the whole game. we were getting no support from the midfielders, and the times that we did attempt a long ball, Diaz and Laporte would just deal with it really comfortably, and then we sec- we struggled to win those second balls. So. I felt like it wasn't their day for the two of them at all. Um, we know that on their day, they're brilliant, particularly Lukaku, what we've seen at the start of the season. But um, on a day, it didn't really work. And that's why I mentioned Loftus-Cheek coming on, mm. kind of a midfielder that can be a bit more, bit more offensive maybe. who could drive the ball up the pitch slowly. It started to pick up a bit. But um, it just maybe goes to show that we rely on Mount a lot when it comes from creativity from midfield. And ha- not having him on, uh, on Saturday was a big loss for us. But um, it just wasn't Lukaku and Werner's day on Saturday at all.
0: Yeah, it was um I, I agree, you know, I, I think having the two up front is definitely gonna work for us in some in some games. I just think like you you kinda hit the nail on the head in terms of Laporte and, and Diaz just being on top of on, on top of the two of them. And they, they did literally play seventy, maybe even eighty percent of that game in central midfield. It it did get better when uh, you know, second half kicked off and we'll talk about the goal, we may as well get that out of the way now as well. It, it, was a, it was a very sort of avoidable goal, I think, short short corner. It was a goal that potentially, it was overcrowded in the box as well, which was very, you know, we do like to pack, well, City do as well. They like to pack the box out and get as many, you know, their, their plays in the box. But was it a goal that could potentially have been avoided? It was just, it just felt like a very clumsy goal. Took Tuck, tuckle deflection, wrong foot's Mendy as well. So is it something that we could have potentially avoided?
1: It was kind of one He you felt like any other day we'd be getting that block onto it and it, we would have avoided it but then I could look at the Grealish chance to Laporte chance and think City could have got a goal from those so I think overall City did deserve a goal where how it came about it's a different story um, I did watch a quick replay of the goal because I was on the other side of the pitch um, while I was sitting towards um, the Matthew Harding and the goal was scored down the shed and um, yeah it was a bit of a you know, def- scrappy deflection off Jorginho and it just trickled in and Mendy was you know, flat-footed but um I think any other day that goal would put in a solid block, or you know it, the pace of the ball, maybe you know Mendy is able to get a hand on it or catch it, but on the day it was just a bit of bad luck. But as I said, you know the bad luck could have gone against City, and um, they, could have, they could have ended up nil-nil. You know how, how good Silver um, Mendy and the rest of the fence were, but I think City deserved it if I'm all, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, and we spoke um, in a few episodes ago last season when we we lost to to West Brom. And I recall one of us, maybe both of us, saying this is going to be a big test for Tuchel in terms of how he comes back from a defeat. I think it was his first defeat as Chelsea manager against West Brom. And I feel like this is very similar, but in very different ways as well, because obviously we're playing one of the best teams in in Europe. We have to give Man City that credit. You know, they're probably side by side with us in terms of squads. You know, we've probably got just as good a squad as they have. And looking back, you know, it's not really yes, we lost, but it's not, it's not a game that you can really be that disheartened by that we lost to Man City who are a brilliant team and they you know, they just outplayed us. But do you think now looking at the rest of our fixtures for the next you know, four to six weeks, comfortably we should be able to bounce back from this defeat?
1: Oh, I think so. I think you, you said it perfectly. It's exactly like that West Brom defeat um, back in April. We lost 5-2 to West Brom and then we bounced back straight away with, I think, a 2-0 victory up, um, against Porto. And the uh, you know the circumstances are quite similar this time. This time, you know, we've got we've got we've got Juventus on um on Wednesday, which is a you know a huge test as well. And um I do think um if we we get a if we bounce back against Juventus, it will be um you know, it will show that it was just a blip. It would be you no know, it would not have lasted. Um But yeah, I think after Juventus, if I do remember, we've got Southampton on Saturday. Then we've got uh, Brentford away after Southampton. So, you know, I saw them, our next three fixtures, Juventus, Southampton at home, Brentford away. I think we should be getting, you know, the three points in the Champions League and the six points in the Premier League. And it's the we, we have spoken offline about October being quite an easy month in terms of fixtures. But sometimes those easy fixtures can be the ones that, you know, are the real tests. So we'll see about that.
0: Yeah, Brentford away is going to be really tasty, I think. Mm, it's going to be... Definitely. Um, I'm just thinking back to Liverpool as well, a game they potentially should have won. I think, you know, I did get to see bits of it, but it's a game they potentially, and you know I've said to a couple of Liverpool fans that I think Brentford will do that to a lot of teams. We've seen what they did to Arsenal and to come back and do that. But I agree. I agree. We should be looking back. I think, you know, when we spoke in the last episode, we both said 2-1. I think we were talking from a place of we know we've got a good record against Man City. We beat them in the Champions League final. We've just come off a good run of games as well. One thing I did want to kind of pick up on was that, and I know I've said this to you offline, in pretty much the last three games, I think that we've we've been involved in, uh, Liverpool, Aston Villa, Zenit, we we just didn't, and Spurs as well, we just didn't look right at Mm -hmm. all in midfield. The first half, we've never looked right. So I do feel like this game against Man City has potentially been on the cards for weeks we just haven't come up against an opponent opponent as good as Man City who potentially just outclassed us but do you think it's just a case that like you mentioned you know maybe not having you know a a cover titch Jorginho Jorginho and Kante in midfield maybe breaking it up and bringing in trusting loftus who when he came on breath breath of fresh air you know he looked like a player that just signed for the club and has a point to prove so is that something that we we may now just need to start doing is actually trusting the players that we've got there if it's not working which Tuchel's happy to do we've seen that change something which we need to do Uh,
1: yeah I think there are changes needed just because at the same time it's definitely room for improvement in the squad um we saw it against um against man city that there is room for improvement and it was a bit of a wake-up call that it's not going to be you know plane sailing and we're going to be you know champions as comfortably as we'd want in may because i still think we've got a big chance of winning the league in may and i will stick with my prediction that we will be champions but um, it's not going to be as easy as we thought and um i think there is some kind of you know we're getting to that point now end of end of the year where the fixtures do come thick and heavy so i think maybe I want to see Loftus-Cheek start, I, especially maybe, if, I don't know how long Mouth is injured for, if he's going to be not available for, for for Wednesday or if he's not going to be available for Southampton on Saturday. But, um, you know, you've got midweek fixtures now and you've got weekend fixtures. You need some kind of ro- rotation without tinkering too much of the squad. And I do think that um, starting um, Loftus-Cheek on Saturday or even in a Champions League would be the right call because we saw that, as you said, he was a breath of fresh air when he came on. He's almost rediscovering that 2019 form. So um, I think come the end of the season, he's he will be maybe a, a fourth you know, a starter every single game of ours. So um, I do want to be seeing him start for sure.
0: Yeah, I I think he's got to. I think he came on and he played. He played like a play, like I said, like a play that's got something to prove. He, he wanted, you know, he's playing for the badge, and I know all the I know all the players do that, but. I suppose when you've been at the team for so long as Ruben Loftus-Cheek has, it does mean a little bit more when he gets a bit of game time. He's got a point to prove he wants to to show that the manager that he's actually worth a start in 11th place as well. So I agree with you. I, personally, for me, I think he did enough on Saturday to, to prove to me that he's definitely a starter for the Champions League game. I'm pretty sure Mason Mount, I think, and I might be wrong, but I don't think it's a long injury. So... Okay. We should hopefully be seeing him back soon. Um, obviously, wasn't that bad of an injury to take him off against uh, um, Aston Villa in the, in mm. the Carabao Cup, and the, I think he even took a penalty. So, I think it was a, a an injury that maybe was a more impactful after the game. But Reece James is one you mentioned earlier as well. Um, did look like a, a bit pretty bad injury, so. What what would we do there? Are we mm. are we going to maybe play Aspie or or do we look at maybe bringing in um you know Hudson Odoi in, in that position as well for Wednesday?
1: Yeah, I think I have read that it was um, Reese James's ankle, which is can be quite bad. So it could be a, a um, over a month out potentially. If I read the from a from a, from a reliable source, but um, uh, in the right wing back position, I do think Hudson Odoi's cut out to play there. He's putting a good shift from time to time. And as I said, you know, with the fixtures coming in midweek and weekend, we might see some rotation. Aspie's now, I think, 32, 33. So you don't want to be playing him every single game. So some type of one, maybe you play Aspie on Wednesday, Hudson-Odoi on um, on Saturday and, uh, against Southampton. But um, the two of them, I think, are perfectly able to play there. And um, we've got, you know, loads of different options in our center back, So that's not an issue if we... Um, if we don't, if yeah, we, we want to shift Asby to the right and have an extra centre-back, you know, in Trevor Chilobo, or maybe even a, someone like Malangsa for one game. I'm thinking, you know, the, the League Cup game that's against Southampton, you know, end of October. So I think we've got lots of options in defence. So I'm not too worried in that area.
0: Yeah, I think we've spoke about it before. You know, there's a lot of squad depth. We've got a lot of players that can play in different roles, different positions as well. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned. I mean, it's a shame for for Reese James because he has been one of the best players Mm. for us over the course of the last 18 months. So Mm. hopefully it's not too long of an injury, but let's switch the attention away from the Premier League. And let's talk about Wednesday. I believe it's Wednesday. Um, Big clash against Juventus. Two key players out for Juventus. They've had a really, I'm I'm not doing us any justice because if we lose, it's going to be a humble pie in the next episode, but two massive players out for them. They haven't had the best start in Serie A either. So, is this you know is this a game where we really should be beating Juventus at the time that we're playing them based on form at the moment? Yes,
1: yes, we should. I mean, it sounds a bit crazy saying that because Juventus are still a very, very good team, regardless of form. You know, if you look back at their history, even their manager Allegri, um, I think they're they're still a fantastic team, and it's an away trip to Italy, so that you know, almost you know, makes them. I don't want to say favourites, but um, gives them a bit more of an opportunity to maybe get a result. I do think if we want to win this game, the one player that we need to kind of take out of the game and take out, I mean, it's maybe just man mark or make sure he just doesn't play, play his football, is um, Chiesa. He's an absolutely fantastic player. I know that we even linked to him you know, on a two-year loan from um, Fiorentina, from and um, from Juventus uh, to Juventus with an obligation to buy. And I do think, you know, maybe if there's somehow Chelsea intervene, he's the type of player that would be brilliant for us. Um, but at the same time I think we should be winning it is probably the hardest game of the group stage away to Juventus after that it's Malmo and Zenit so it's almost a question of we should be winning but at the same time we should not be letting Juventus win so you know we don't want to be Juventus picking up extra points on us in this type of game so I'll say I'll take a draw in the game but at the same time depending on the game how how the game plans out I think you know we've got every reason to, to be winning it based on form regardless of Saturday I think Juventus still conceded two to I think it was Laspezia, who are you know a lower league team. So um, I think we should be winning, but at the same time, as I said, it's a matter of not losing
0: as well. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think we've got the best record against UV as well. I'm sure, just looking here now, I think 2009 we drew two two, uh, 2012 we drew two two, mm. <laughs> and they beat. In 2012 in the November in the, the return fixture as well. So yeah, um, Matteo's last game as well, I think that was. Yeah, so that was 3-0. So we haven't got the best record against Juve, but I do agree with you as well. I think times have changed, they've moved on from, from obviously those fixtures. For me personally, I think it's a game that I necessarily wouldn't rest um a lot of the players that did play on the weekend. I think this is, a, this is a game. This is a must win game. You know, this is our biggest game out of the three that we're going to be playing. Oh, sorry, three teams that we're going to be playing. So, for me personally, I'd go with my strongest squad. I wouldn't rest. Potentially look at, potentially put Cullen Hudson at right wing back. I think that's um, obviously Thiago Silva, perfect game for him to start. I think he'd be crucial and key. Mendy in goal. I keep Alonso left wing back as well. The only thing I think I would switch up is obviously that midfield. I don't know if he's mm. going to go for the two up top again, but if he does, I think you've got to have someone in that midfield that's creative, especially against Juventus, because I feel like it's a game that it will be decided in midfield. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but I think that's where, you know, the ball's going to be won. It's going to be, the the main focus is going to be around that midfield for me. And I think we've got to have someone in there. A can say, yes, maybe a Kovacic, yes, but we've got to have someone in there that can, can just work the ball to our strikers, and if it if it is Werner or Havertz or you know Lukaku up front, they need to get some service, and that was one of the things they were starved of against Man City. So, for me, having a Loftus cheek, or even like you mentioned, you know, maybe putting ha- Havertz in that role for a bit as well, I think that's got to be crucial. And I, I do think we need three points as well.
1: Hundred um, percent. The game also maybe on Saturday. I, I didn't know if when Havertz came on and Loftus cheek, it almost looked a bit better so if we somehow we get Havertz starting or coming on earlier um I don't think maybe it might be the right game for Timo I think he he played the 490 on Saturday if I'm not mistaken as well so I think um should we play like with a a, you know front three of maybe a mount with Havertz and Lukaku I'd be happy with that or even if mount's not fit play Loftus-Cheek but not in that you know two midfielders maybe play him higher up the pitch and I'd be happy that with that as well but um, but yeah, I think we, we've got every reason to be trying to get the three points. And um, you mentioned the two players on the screen that are injured for, um, for Juventus, uh, Dybala and Morata. I know Morata's, you know, kind of hit and miss at times, but I'm actually very, very glad that he's injured because I feel like, you know, former player coming to play against Chelsea again, it would just haunt us 100% if he, you know, if he was on form. And he's still a decent player on the day. So, um, and Debala, I know he's a bit injury prone as well, but still a very decent player. So those two injured, I think the one to watch is definitely Chiesa.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think Morata, you know, we we talk about Morata who was actually not that bad for us. I think a lot of people forget how, how good he technically was and and how, when he, we didn't have a number nine, how much we actually missed having a number nine. We would have probably slapped you know, the hands off of Morata to come back to Chelsea. So I think he's a very good player. He's a very good striker. He had a very decent Euros, if I remember correctly as well. Mm. So I, th- I think, him being out of action and Tabala as well. I think they're two key players that we, we have to capitalise on the fact they're not playing as well. And don't forget, we'll have to play them again, you know, in the the home leg. So again, you know, we've got to take these three points here, make the use of the fact that they haven't got their their strongest squad, just like we haven't, you know, if, if Mason Mount isn't fit, which is very un- unlikely that he's going to play. Same with Reese James, we've still got absentees as well. So I think it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, more so than Man City I need to I think you mentioned just before we came on around you know this is a brilliant game to bounce back from and I couldn't agree more I think this Mm. is the sort of game that we should be yeah we've got to we've just got to put Man City behind us now focus on the Champions League and then look forward to to Southampton but um, yeah I I think looking at this game when the draw was made this is the one that sticks Mm. out you know you look at it and you just say obviously Malmo no disrespect to them you know we should be beating Malmo you know, with, with ease, we've come, com, you know, comfortably as well, and Zenit as well. I think, you know, they did give us a game to to an extent, but I think again, we should be beating them as well. So I look at this Juventus team, and we've just got to be, we've got to be ready for for whatever comes our way on Wednesday.
1: Definitely, a perfect game to bounce back from, and um you know, come come. I think the second the second leg, the reverse fixture, end of November, beginning of December. I'm not too sure on the exact dates. But, you know, with players coming back from injury, Morata and who will, will probably be fit for that one. I'm sure they will be fit, actually. So it'll be um, really important to almost capitalize on these absentees now. And we, we're missing players, too. So we don't have Reese James. We might not have Mount. We still don't have Pulisic, by the looks of it. So um, it's going to be quite... It's going to be an even game, but I think we will win it. So let me throw out my prediction now. I'm going to stick with the same scoreline I said for Saturday, though. I'm still going to, be quite, I'm going to be confident when I say this. I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. I think Juventus will get a goal. I think maybe there might be a bit of nerves from the Chelsea back line after the City game. But I think if we start with, you know, a bit more offense in midfield and, you know, this front three that I said, Havertz, Lukaku and Mount, then I think we will win 2-1. Mm,
0: it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I've been really awful with the predictions the last couple of games, <laughs> but um, although I think I got a 3-0, I think I, think I got 3-0, I suppose. yeah suppose. Um, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 2-0 Chelsea mm,
1: okay. I think, I think Lukaku's go. got a good good record against Juventus in yeah. Serie A as yeah. well so that's that might help us
0: yeah I'm going to go 2-0 I think it'd yeah. be I think it'd be close I think it'd be a very close game I, I don't mm. think it's going to be a game that will we'll, we'll um, dominate I think it'd be a game that we we're going to have to work for that 2-0 which we've had to do like I said before you know in the Premier mm. League against Liverpool obviously we've got the points but in terms of Spurs Zenit as well we had to work for these games mm-hmm. they're not they've not been we haven't just pushed teams aside and, and played amazing football so I think it's going to be a difficult game but I think
1: 2-0 yeah I think we might need a bit of luck on our side as well I'm looking back at some of those previous fixtures you said Zenit even the Liverpool one Mendy was fantastic but there was moments where you know almost one-on-ones and the players messing them up so I think if you want to get the three points on Wednesday, we're going to need a bit of luck on our side again, and uh,
0: hopefully we'll still have it. But I'm going to stick with two one. It's going to be an interesting game, and obviously, mm-hmm. I think what worries me as well. I hate which, why I hate playing on Wednesdays as well. We'll have we'll have our game on the Saturday, but it's at three o'clock, I think, isn't it? Against that, mm-hmm. and so. I love playing on the Tuesday. It just gives you that extra day just Mm. to sort of get everyone back together and that extra training session potentially or just, you know, we're playing away. So obviously you've got to factor in traveling as well. So it's just little things like that. Um, And watching Southampton as well. You know, they they played some good football at the weekend as well. So that's a game that, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to. But again, it all depends on, I think another key thing that we haven't really mentioned and kind of have is we can't really afford any more injuries as well um It's, it's something yeah. that is kind of slowly creeping up a bit. Obviously, Pulisic has been injured for some time now. But you look at Hakim Ziyech has already been sort of injured at some point, although he, he was out for less than we thought he was. Mason Mounts out and Reese James is out. Mendy's missed a, a game now as well. So it's just we don't want to start getting a few injuries at this crucial time when we've got some games where we kind of think we can get through them. You know, over the Premier League and the, the games that we've got coming up. But if we keep losing these players and you know, we, we need to try and keep the squad fresh, maybe rotating is the answer. I don't know, but we've got to keep them fresh, I think, and, and hope that we can get through October and, and get as many points as we can. I
1: mean, we've been quite lucky. that the Injuries have been relatively short ones. They've only missed you know, maybe, you know, one fixture at times. You know, I'm thinking of Mendy's missed two. But, um, but that's why you're grateful we've got this amazing depth in the squad this season. You know, a season or two ago, I'm thinking on the Lampard's first season, there was one game. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was by Munich in the Champions League where we had suspensions, injuries, and it was, you had to play a completely different lineup to what we usually play. So um, I think we were really lucky this year that we've got that depth, you know, players like Chaloba, you know, he, will, he would, have, would have been there a few seasons ago who can slot in, but we want to rest the Thiago Silva and Azpilicueta or even one of, you know, a Christensen and a Rudiger who are getting a lot of game time this season.
0: Yeah. And
1: we did see a Chaloba in, the, in the, the Premier League fixture against Villa. He started that game. Yeah, kept a clean sheet. Same with the Crystal Palace one. The first game of the season, started it, kept a clean sheet. So he's more than capable of playing, you know, football at the top level. So I think we'll be seeing more of him as well as time goes by and as the fixtures get congested.
0: Yeah, and it's a game that I'd love to see Billy Gilmore playing. In. I'd, you know, it, it is, it's yeah. a game, you know, I think bit, I think we might have missed the trick not keeping him at the club this season. I think he's. I've watched a few of his yeah. games at Norwich, and he's he's a he's a, he's a talent. Um, mm. you know, Debate with someone um, over the weekend about him. They're not too keen on him. They think he's overrated. But I think when you just watch him as a player, you know we've obviously we've watched him a lot. But he's just a player that would fit into that Chelsea team right now. Obviously, we haven't mentioned Soundegas in, in this episode, but again, an option maybe for for mm. uh, you know tom- uh, Wednesday Wednesday's game as well. Maybe bring him into that that kind of fixture as well. But yeah, Billy Gilmore for me, I think. Yeah. Maybe I don't know if it's, it's an option, but maybe bring him back in January if it's possible. Maybe look. At, yeah. I don't think we will, but it's an option.
1: Yeah, I mean, San Agüez bags of Champions League experience. You know, with Atletico Madrid, so he's a player that you know would relish a game like this. And I have to agree with you about Billy Big Gilmore. He's a fantastic player. Um, you know, when he plays, you know, for Chelsea, you forget how young he is because he looks so mature on the ball. Yeah. And I, as much as I think you know he needed that loan to get game time. I'm starting to think now and have second doubts whether Norwich was the right club for him because they're struggling. They're really, really struggling. And the last thing I'd want is almost this loan to be identical to Ampedus and Loftus-Cheeks last yeah. season when they were playing at Sheffield and Fulham. And despite playing decent football, they were, you know, kind of surrounded unable to... Surrounded by mess. Surrounded by mess, exactly. And, you know, at the end of the day, what was highlighted was the final score, which was often defeats. Yeah. And then at the end of the season, it was relegation. And that's what they were remembered for at the time of the, yeah. at those clubs. So I think, you know, looking back now at this Billy Gilmore-Norwich move, if they continue to struggle, you know, and not not get wins, then, you know, what will happen next season? Will we take him back? Will we think, no, he was relegated with Norwich. He's not good enough. Let's send him out on another loan. So um, I'm kind of really hoping somehow either Norwich start performing and Gilmore, you know, helps them or leads them to, to safety. Or Chelsea, as you said, maybe do we recall him in January or do we you know, consider his future at Chelsea, you know, come the summer. So that's something to to look out for
0: as well. It's going to be interesting. I hope we keep him because, like I said, mm-hmm. he's a talent, he's a very good talent. I just think at the moment there's, you know, four, five players ahead of him who are, you know, potential starters ahead of him, but he could easily break into that team. If Ruben Loftus-Cheek is doing it, there's nothing to say. Billy Gilmore can't do the same. And, um, you, you, you know, for me, he's a, he's a play that, you know, very similar to Mason Mount, you know, who went on a, it's very different because obviously he he was with Derby and they almost got promoted, I think that season. Um, But in terms of the fact that they're both, for me, that at that level where they can be first team Chelsea players and Mesa is now, you know, he's established. So Billy Gilmore can do exactly the same, but just before we wrap up, um, there's obviously been a few further conversations. I think we, we touched on it um, a few episodes ago around the, the contract renewals, Christensen, Rudiger, Aspie and, Forgetting someone, we always do this.
1: Rudiger, Aspie, so Christensen. I think, I think we mentioned Silver. We mentioned Silver's name. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I think the key one after the City game for me, Christensen. Well, all three of them. Christensen, Aspie, Queta, and Rudiger. If the, if the money's right, I think if the money's right, keep him.
1: Four hundred thousand pounds. I'm hearing now yeah, that other yeah, clubs uh, are willing to offer him, which is crazy money. You yeah. know. Yeah.
0: yeah. If the money's back. right, we keep him. Yeah. But if if it's a, if it's you know, someone's offering him 400000 let him go, get Kunde in for 180000 a week, who we, we mm-hmm. know is a, a very good defender as well. We've got Chalo Chaloba there as well, like you mentioned. So we've got options, but for £400,000 a week, he's a good defender, but, you know, he's not that good of a defender, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Maybe do some scouting on Wednesday for, for Delete as well from Juventus. Yeah, well, that's his, an option,
0: his, he's been rumoured.
1: Yeah, his name's been linked to Chelsea a few times um, in the last couple of weeks as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting. We've got a big game Wednesday, Juventus. Like I mentioned, we haven't got the best record against them, but times have changed. We've got the players in now that hopefully can can do that and bounce back from the City defeat as well. Um, the rude awakening. But if you guys want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, if you're listening on Apple Music or Spotify and you're not able to go on YouTube, then you can follow us on Twitter. That's from the shed end. That's all one word. And it's on Instagram at from the Shed End with underscores between each of the words. And also on YouTube, if you just search from the Shed End, you should be able to find us on there. So subscribe, like, and comment on all the discussions that we've had on today's episode as well. But this has been episode 26 of From the Shed End podcast with myself Tido and Theo. As always, thanks for joining me, Theo. Until next time, we will be back to hopefully cheer on Chelsea after a brilliant 2-0 or 2-1, I think you said. Mm-hmm. 2-1 victory uh, against Juventus.